Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Tuesday, October 26th. We begin with a look at the financial struggles many Albertans are currently facing. We speak with a licensed insolvency trustee about the issue involving low interest rates and at the same time high inflation and what impact overborrowing can have down the road for those trying to make ends meet. Next, we continue our series meeting the new faces on Calgary City Council. Today, we get to know Ward 12 City Councillor Evan Spencer. Last week, the federal government lifted the advisory for non-essential travel, but what does this mean for those Canadians booking a trip abroad? We catch up with the travel lady, Leslie Cater, for what you need to know before planning your next vacation. And finally, it's a celebration of Calgary's best and brightest of a certain age. We speak with Shelley Arnish, editor-in-chief of Avenue Magazine, for details on this month's issue highlighting the top 40 under 40. With inflation at an 18-year high and interest rates low, a lot of Albertans are planning on borrowing more to make ends meet and finance their holiday shopping this year. Joining us to break down the findings of MNP's Consumer Debt Index is Donna Carson, Licensed Insolvency Trustee and Senior VP at MNP. Good morning to you, Donna. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Sue. Let's talk about what's happening here in our province and why is it Albertans are feeling, uh, you know, that they are okay to add to their debt by borrowing at this point? That's a great question and uh, for me personally, I found our Consumer Debt Index this time Um, I hate to say this, um, a little bit unnerving, I guess, for Mm. Albertans. Um, We're a little bit more nervous about the cost of living here uh, as compared to the rest of the country. Um, The survey showed 52% of the Albertans that we talked to uh, are worried about making ends meet to be able to feed our family, if you will. Um, 60% of the Albertans that we talked to said that they're worried if interest rates rise, whereas for the rest of the country it was about 52%. So we're seeing a little bit more nervousness here about the interest rates. Let's talk about this, Donna, as far as, you know, we're we're lazing in on our province because this is where we live, but why is it or or is it the case that Albertans are more impacted at this time? Are other sections of the country having the same issues? I think just from uh, you know experience, I would say that we do have a higher ratio of debt here in Alberta. Before the pandemic started, you know, we were seeing record numbers of insolvency in Alberta, and I don't think it's disappeared. It has been put on hold or delayed or things like that with the different benefits that we've had, but. I do fear that the debt level is still there. The cost of living is still higher. A couple of weeks ago, I saw an article about the cost of gas here in Alberta was higher than even the national average. And so I think it's a little bit um, more costly to live here. And then when you compound that with the debt levels that we're carrying, if these interest rates do rise at some point, what's that going to do to Mm -hmm. our budget here in Alberta? Donna, you know, it might be obvious to some, but how can people or is there a way to sort of calculate your debt load to make sure you're not overextending yourself? Because it's Mm -hmm. a it's a, you know, slippery slope quick to get into trouble, isn't it? It's very quick. Like you say, you know, these interest rates, they they compound. And and I think a lot of um, the people that we talked to spoke about the misunderstanding. You know, do I understand what I'm getting into? 
um, 58% of Albertans and Canadians as well said they're going to borrow more money here before the end of the year. And do I understand what I'm getting into? What is the true interest rate? What is the hidden fees that are behind there? Does this payment fit within the budget that I currently have? Can I still make those payments if I have my unexpected expenses? Um, do I understand what I'm signing if I am going to go and borrow some money here before the end of the year? You're talking about and chronicling making those right decisions. But I'm wondering, Donna, at what point... What are the signs, if, if I'm you know, unclear or maybe never been in this situation, that I need to reach out for help and that I can't you know, get out of this hole alone? Yeah, I mean, that's, there's a lot of signs. It's good if you haven't been in that situation. A lot of uh, people are. Um, it can be just simply overextending sometimes. It can be those emergencies. I think a lot of times when we look at people with their budgeting, we haven't planned ahead for things like car repairs or the property tax bill next June or an unexpected layoff. Now, nobody expected layoffs as long as COVID, but three to six months of emergency money, do I have that set aside somewhere? And so learning those tips of budgeting can be one. Um, Unexpected things like an illness, maybe, or... Right now, again, with the pandemic business uh, struggling, I'm an owner of a business maybe, and it's been struggling, and what then will that do to my personal finances from it? So there's a lot of different uh, warning signs to then reach out and say, hey, you know, what are my options and what do I do going forward? What does a, a licensed insolvency trustee do, Donna? So our, our primary um, thing that we do when we first meet with people is just to go over all the options, whether it's an option that a trustee does, like a consumer proposal, or sometimes a bankruptcy. Uh, so whether it's one of those more formal options, the first thing we do is to sit down and write it down. Where, where am I at today? Who do I owe money to? What is my budget? What kinds of assets do I have? And then we go over all the different options with people so they have an informed decision um, as to what to do for them going forward. So that's our primary goal. It's got to be interesting, Donna, because there's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to a situation like this. So I would guess that the clients that reach out to you, every angle you've seen over the years. Yes, uh, over the 30 years that I've been doing this, there's uh, definitely been... uh, Um, no one size fits all and even if you know you have two uh, you know same debt levels same kind of budget the choices that people make may be different for them for various different reasons there's not necessarily a right or wrong it's just at a different stage of life we may give somebody who's 80 years old different advice than we'd give to a 30 year old if you will so it just depends on their situation Thanks for joining us, Donna. Important conversation. A lot of people, you know, money is, is, has been an issue in this province for quite some time and the pandemic worsened things. So thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Donna Carson, Licensed Insolvency Trustee and Senior VP at MNP. And it is mnpdebt.ca if you want to get any more information. Can be a scary time, and I think getting that information, you know, might help to for sure allow you to get some sleep at night. Interesting. We just on a tangent started the program off at five thirty, and by the way, mornings with Sue and Andy, Sue DL and Andrew Schultz every weekday five thirty to nine. You like that promo? With I do. Show. Very well done. Um, we talked about 
siblings and in, in, in where you are in the, in the sibling order in your home. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, getting wealth from your parents handed down to you and how some parents, very wealthy, have said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give my kids that advantage. They've got to work for it. Well, it seems like to a certain extent we're going in reverse here in the province. (laughs) Yeah, kind of in this case anyway, right? There's a a new study out saying nearly 25% of first-time Alberta homebuyers are getting down payment gifts from their parents. You know, and in the end, I don't think it's a bad idea if you're, you know, if you're an adult who's leaving a little bit of something to your children, why not? see them enjoy it if it's at all possible yep. give them their inheritance whatever it might be small or large to help them buy a home i think it actually makes sense yeah you know, the report from cibc capital markets shows that the average gift for first-time canadian home buyers uh, from parents i'm sure maybe some other relatives eighty-two thousand dollars so whereas if you look at the average house price for the city of calgary and we have to have like a justin haver on at some point i think we're still uh, between 450 and Five hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, somewhere in that in that area, you're not buying them a house, but it does give them the in to the market that they might have not have had the chance for. And you never know when you might be living in the basement as the parent or grandparent. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, you know, here in this province, at nearly twenty-five percent, that number of first-time homebuyers in Alberta getting the down payment gift from their parents is on the higher side compared to the rest of the country. So maybe it's a trend we're seeing in this province. You know, if you can enjoy somebody enjoying. You know the, their inheritance while you're alive to be uh, you That's know a part of that. If it's you know they're starting a family, maybe they're you know they they as you said wouldn't be able to afford it otherwise. Gets them into the market, and yep. if they're just started to, into the working world, it's the leg up they might need if you can afford to help out. And yesterday, Calgary's new city councillors were sworn in, and this morning we are joined by new councillor for Ward Twelve, Evan Spencer. Good morning to you, Evan. Good morning. Listen, uh, before we get to your day yesterday, Councillor Spencer, because I want to find out what, what it's like to be in that position, we want to get to know you a bit. Tell us about yourself and, and what you're interested in besides City Council and as we're, how we're going to see you in this role. Yeah, sounds good. I um, am a longtime Calgary resident. Uh, um, most of my life was spent up actually in the North Central Corridor, but um, my family and I made a move down to the community of Mahogany about eight years ago. Um, and we... We purposed right from the get-go to live in that neighborhood differently than other places. We wanted to be um, a part of the story of that community. And so we embedded ourselves deeply. Uh, we, I got involved in volunteering. Um, I was down there to start a small community of faith. And uh, it was some of the best years of our life. Um, and it ultimately has built um, incredible relationships and just a, a, an endearing love for that quadrant of the city. So... Uh, what gets me excited is watching people who have great ideas, um, whether it's they've got a, an idea for a run or an event or a market, um, getting alongside them, um, helping them address the roadblocks, and then making cool stuff happen together. I got to do that over the last seven years, and, and now I'm really excited about what that might look like over the next uh, four years. So how did that feel, Evan, yesterday being sworn in as new city councillor for Ward 12? Uh, obviously super exciting, but to, what, what is it like and what, what do you think is, is kind of in store for you as a councillor? Yeah, I mean, yesterday um, was, was definitely a bit of a cherry on the top. Um, leading up to it, I've just been really excited getting to know the people. Uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm in this, this new group of people. Um, I imagine it's the same each time a new group is sworn in. But um, I don't know, I'd like to think 
that this is unique for a variety of, of reasons. Um, I was here quite early this morning. There was others here quite early this morning. Uh, I, I have a sense that uh, this enthusiasm is going to roll into some, some really great opportunities in the future. I, when I think of today and drinking from the, the, the quote-unquote fire hose, I, I know we're going to be a little tired come the end of this week and especially next week when, we, when we're two weeks into uh, getting a sense of what's ahead of us. Uh, and I've also, uh, in this mix, I got to sit with Richard Putmans and his partner, uh, his wife, Frances, at, at dinner yesterday. And here, here are some of the amazing things that have happened um, in the past. So I just feel very, very grateful that I'm a part of this timeline and, and I hopefully get to be a part of helping it uh, have some really great positives uh, in the years to come. Because Calgary is in a very delicate place right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it needs some positivity. And I think it needs some people that really believe in the best, the best in Calgarians and the future of this city. Speaking with Ward 12 uh, councillor, a new councillor, Evan Spencer. And uh, Councillor Spencer, I'm wondering, one of the side stories, uh, whether you know uh, people want to talk about it or not, uh, since last Monday, is Ward 4 councillor Sean Chu. So I'm wondering, your thoughts on the situation surrounding the controversy, what did it look like working with councillor Chu, and, and should he remain a councillor? I mean... I would love to to see him really full deal with this in a fulsome way, uh, and uh, I mean obviously where we're at right now, um, he's he's part of the team, and so that's that's how I will move forward. I, I I want I don't want something like this to linger and to end up being a ball and chain on council over um, the coming months. But uh, ultimately, I hope it finds um, some sense of a resolution. Uh, I'm not going. I hope that myself and the other councillors uh, can can see fit to uh, allow that those processes to go forward the way they need to go forward, and not try to manufacture something. But regardless, um, I, I think I think yesterday was a good indication. It didn't dominate the day. It didn't feel like it was the, the main part of the day. Uh, I, I'm I'm hoping that we can move past this and focus on the things that really matter. Evan, uh, there's been a lot of change over, obviously, you being one of the new councillors. Calgarians, it seemed like, wanted a change, wanted things to be fresh and maybe have a new group that could lead us forward. Do you, do you feel like that you, you're going to have a good head start with that, with the group that, that has been elected? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of those, my previous comments, the amount of enthusiasm is inspiring. Uh, even for the ones that are coming back, like Andre and uh, Richard, uh, I, I think I think we have some exciting days ahead of us. Good stuff. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, congratulations on your uh, new post. Thank you both. Appreciate the chance to chat. As Ward 12 Councillor Evan Spencer sworn in yesterday. We'll be talking with him more, all I, of those councillors. I think we will, absolutely. Sure. We're going to know these names. <laughs> yep. The lifting of the blanket travel advisory to avoid non-essential travel that was announced really without fanfare here in Canada, but it's an important one and we need to pay attention to it and to look a little more closely, see what it means for we Canadian travellers. We're joined this morning by the travel lady, Leslie Cater. Good morning, Leslie. Hi, good morning to you. I know you've been doing a little bit of travelling now, sort of seeing where things are at as you leave Mm -hmm. the country. So let's talk about this travel advisory and the lifting of it. What exactly does it mean for us? Well, this is great news, but we have to understand how it works. So before the travel advisory was lifted, we were at level three, avoid non-essential travel. 
And then for cruising, level four, avoid all cruising. Now what they've done is they've brought it down to level two. So exercise high level of caution, but it's not uh, to avoid non-essential travel. The important point here is that you have to be vaccinated to take advantage of the level two. If you're unvaccinated, then you're still at level three, saying avoid non-essential travel. And that's really important to remember. So I guess, you know, it's not just booking those tickets, making sure you have your proof of vax and you have, you know, that on the phone or the documentation, depending on where you're going. But it's the coming back too, Leslie. We're hearing more and more about this and how you, you will still need to be responsible for your own testing. So there's so many elements we have to think about. Well, there is. And, and a good thing that uh, Air Canada just announced yesterday is that you can buy your PCR test kit from them before you depart. Mm-hmm. Have it in your suitcase, uh, do your test under supervision by video, and it comes across so quickly as well. So this is a huge comfort because I know a lot of people were saying, I don't know, I'm going to these weird places. How do I know where I'll get the COVID? Can I trust them that I'll get it in time for my flight? So we were hearing all those stories. So that uh, ability plus the lifting of the uh, non-essential travel is fantastic but we have to now check what will happen. Will insurance rates mm-hmm. come down a little bit now? Because travel insurance was a bit of a tricky area with the travel advisory. So uh, we're waiting updates from the insurance companies, which I'm sure we will see. And that's what I wanted to ask you about, Leslie. What is it like right now in terms of, you know, so we were able to do a bit of traveling. People have always been traveling, yes. even though recommended not. But what did that look like for travel insurance? For travel insurance, um, a couple of the companies, they have a special COVID pandemic insurance, they call it, which will cover you for medical expenses if you should catch COVID while you're away. And this was a a separate policy that you you took specifically for that. Now that the advisory has come down, um, really there isn't that exclusion because insurance policies would say if there's a a level three, avoid non-essential travel, then basically you're not covered. That's why we have to have a special insurance. Mm. So whether things will go back to before is, is hard to say. But remember, we still have the level four cruising, avoid all travel for cruising. So that's a bit disappointing. But I I know that that's going to change soon. I'm very confident of that. Looks like we're moving in the right direction. Just have to be in the know. Thanks for your time this morning, Leslie. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. That's Leslie Cater, known as The Travel Lady. You find her online at thetravellady.ca. Every year, Avenue Magazine releases their top 40 under 40, celebrating the best and brightest under the age of 40 that this city has to offer. With more this morning, we're joined by editor-in-chief of Avenue Magazine, Shelley Arnish. Good morning to you, Shelley. Good morning. Hey, exciting. I had a chance to peek at your list. Boy, tell us about this top 40 under 40 and, and how you even go about getting the, the 40 people who you end up putting in the magazine. It's really funny. I think we've been doing this project for so long that it's become known as just this is top 40 day. Um, There's so much leading up to this point, and it's just such a massive project and a massive undertaking. And when we finally announce uh, the class for the year, um, it just is kind of this 
it's almost like Christmas uh, around here. Um, well, I think what a lot of people don't realize is this project actually is, an, is a year-long undertaking. The nominations um, start coming in in November uh, of the year, and then the following November is when, well, you know, end of October, but basically the November issue of Avenue is when we announce the year uh, for, for that year. So um, we've been working on this for a long time, and the, the people that are um, in the magazine this year are just a great, uh, an amazing bunch of people, and I'm, I'm just so happy to see uh, this project out there in the world. Of course, in the name, it's top 40 under 40, Shelley, and uh, Sue and I are just a little outside that range. <laughs> Missed it by that but, much. Uh, besides that number, besides the number 40, what is, what is the criteria? What do you look for for the candidates who make it into this list? You know, it's interesting. I mean, you do have to be under 40 years old as of November 1st. Um, so, you know, if you turn 40 on November 2nd, you're just in under the wire. But that the age criteria is obviously very important because it's right there in the name. Um, we do try to get people that are, are living in um, Calgary or the, you know, immediate region. Um, you can't, you know, live in Edmonton or Saskatoon or something like that. Um, but other than that, it's kind of the, the door is open. We um, accept nominations from all all industries and sectors. We get tons of people from, you know, tons of entrepreneurs, tons of people from the nonprofit sectors, um, the arts. Uh, just, you know, the sky is honestly the limit. Um, if you are exceptional in some way, in some field, you qualify to be part of this project. Exceptional they are. I know the top 40 under 40 class of 2021 is being announced officially tonight in a big online event. Global Zone Dallas Flex Hog will be the host. Tell us a little bit about it and how people can tune in. Yeah, actually, the uh, event tonight where they announced who the top 40 under 40 class of 21 um, are is open to everyone. And what's, what's kind of, you know, it's, it's bittersweet. Each year, um, pre-pandemic, we would have a big, splashy gala at the uh, Jack Singer, usually. Um, and that was a ticketed event. So, you know, unless you had bought a ticket, you didn't really get to be a part of that. It was usually just kind of like friends and family and colleagues of these, of these people. Um, but what's kind of great about putting the event online, which was, you know, a pandemic choice, um, is that everyone can tune in. So, you know, even if you're, you're not even in the city, you can, you can come uh, tune in on the link. Um, if you go to avenuecalgary.com, there's a way to, to figure out how to get to the link. It's a, it'll be streamed tonight starting at 745. We've got Dallas Flex Hog making the announcement. She's great. And, um, yeah, just tune in and, and celebrate some of these amazing people in the city. Um, I think a lot of people uh, sometimes are like, oh, when I see these top 40s, it's, makes me think I didn't, you know, do enough with my life. And with me, I'm like, no, no, I'm just so, so happy to see that there's this kind of achievement and, and energy in our city. It makes me really, really excited. Mm-hmm. Well, we're excited to see these names and read the stories of these fantastic 40 under 40. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Shelley. Thanks for having me. That is Shelley Arnish, Editor-in-Chief, Avenue Magazine Online, avenuecalgary.com. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.